Titanic was called the ship of dreams. And it was. It really was. Give me your hand. Do you trust me? I trust you. Open your eyes. I'm flying. Jack. You never know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You are now entering film. Teenage. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of cute bubble gum pile. You know that? Say it, sir. I don't believe you, people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudon, and I'm joined by the great Brandon. How are you, sir? Man, I am good, Phoenix. It is good to be back. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all I can say is um, it's good to be back. Uh, James Cameron is dominating the box office again. Um, that's all I'm going to say. If you clicked on this episode, you know we're talking Titanic, man. This man has two of his highest grossing films in theaters right now he has avatar the way of water and then he has titanic which just it's insane i know that just like this man he's like listen listen avengers endgame you've had your fun sitting at number two (laughs) let me just like put my films back into theaters and just bring it up to success right out again yeah and like he's gonna do it like i I know i'm jumping right in the conversation here but he's gonna do it because he released it in 3d he did actually I had to watch it in 3D, which is uh not not my favorite way to watch anything. Um, uh yeah, I gotta say, uh, like, like yeah, no, I I do not like watching things in 3D. Um, that yeah. was not that was not fun for me. I don't care what the movie is, it it's it's a cheap useless gimmick, and I find 3D to be the most annoying feature that we have mm-hmm. <laughs> like i would much rather watch this in dolby watched it in imax sure but 3d waste of time <laughs> yeah uh yeah. but, but that nothing. yeah but that being said how are you doing phoenix i am superb because i got to return to the ship of dreams <laughs> i have not seen titanic probably since 1999 (laughs) and um and i never got to see it on the big screen the only time i saw it i think it was on vhs and i was like yo this is amazing (laughs) i was like this is pretty cool but um to get to see it on the big screen was just insane like i said i would have killed to see this in imax or or dolby because I feel like it would have brought the house down mm-hmm. to get that sound, to get that that image. 
would have been crazy. But even seeing it again in 3D, the one thing that just I was blown away by is like how they were able to do this in 1999. <laughs> like, like to me, that's that's the thing that just floors me is like uh-huh. I don't know, I don't know, I, I can't quite remember where visual effects were pre-19, you know, early 90s. A perfect a perfect way to look at it is, I mean, you haven't watched the prequels yet, but watch Star Wars Episode One because I think that came yeah. out, yeah, that came out in 1999. Yeah. And if you want to look at, like, how different visual effects were, yeah, I mean, motion capture is a little different than visual effects, but Phantom Menace would be your perfect example of, like, where that was in the day. Yeah, because I think it took, like, a massive leap from from where it was just previously because i think of the shot that i think of the most is there's a shot of titanic as it's leaving the dock and then there's a little sailboat like on the uh, on the bank that's like right next to it and it's just like such a massive contrast in size uh it's 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 an incredible shot but there's so many incredible shots. All I could think of is how did they recreate this ship? Because it's huge. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I know this was in production. Like, half of this has to be visual effects. But it was just stunning. And I was just like, I can't believe they pulled this off. But then again, I'm like, it's James Cameron. So, of course, he pulled it off. Um, but we're, we're diving a little bit in uh, kind of quickly. Um, obviously this movie is now 25 years old. It is the 25th anniversary of Titanic, which is why it is re-releasing in theaters. It has already made, uh, close to $10 million in its re-release. Oh my God. You mean to tell me this made more than Babylon in its opening weekend? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. I mean, I mean, it's Titanic. It was, it's the number, what, two highest grossing film of all time. So number three. Yeah, so um yeah, so it made close to about 10 million. Um right there, top of the top of the charts, uh for the weekend. Uh obviously this movie stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Billy Zane is also in this. Um a couple other people whose names are forgetting. Kathy Bates is in this. She was a surprise for me. Okay, so for me. <laughs> Um, I was talking to Phoenix about this a little bit earlier, right before we started recording. Um, I had always watched, um, I've always seen Titanic from the the part there where the 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 ship hits the iceberg to where it sinks to where Jack dies, mm. but I have never seen the movie in full. So for me, seeing Kathy Bates, I'm like, she looks familiar. I'm like, I'm trying to draw the name. I'm like, oh my god, is that Kathy Bates? Yeah. So yeah, like she was definitely a surprise in this film for me. Yeah, um, I like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, but like as I was rewatching it, sorry, this actually came out in '97. That's crazy. Uh, as I was rewatching it, I was remembering, uh, old you know the times that I'd seen it, and I was like, oh yeah, of course, I forgot Kathy Bates was in here, and I forgot about the entire like beginning of the film where they're like searching for the diamond, and you got uh Bill Paxton in there. Uh, you know, saying uh, not not her, Victor Garber. I totally forgot about Victor Garber. <laughs> Jonathan Hyde is in this. There's a bunch of like 
there's a bunch of like names in this movie. Uh, but yeah, you just it's been so long since you've seen them, so it's kind of it's just crazy to. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the stars of the show are obviously Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. To me, when I first saw this movie, um, because I remember hearing the story of the the ship Titanic and how it went down and how it was this unsinkable ship and it hit an iceberg and just at the at the rate that it hit the iceberg, at the speed that it was going because of its size, like it. It got hit at a particular point where it was like, this is the only way it could sink this shit. It was like it was like a once in a like millennia phenomenon that at just the angle they were going, at just the speed they were going, at just how big it was, if it hit this iceberg at this angle, it is exactly how it would sink the ship. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like it, I was the, the reason it sunk was because rich people wanted to flex their you know what's. <laughs> oh look at you so you can make headlines make it faster yeah yeah idiot i mean but you gotta think what this this sailed in what was it the 20s maybe 1912 oh jesus so even before then so yeah like this was you know the height of peak stupidity uh, <laughs> but like yeah so so to me when it came to the watching this movie um that was what I was interested in. I was interested in the ship and and how it sank and, and you know that story. And yet, when you watch the movie, it's a love story. <laughs> like it is a story about these two people who are obviously of a different class who come together on this ship and find a, a unbreakable bond. I mean, an absolutely unbreakable bond. They fall in love. And that's more what this story is about, like centered around this great tragedy that we all, you know, we all collectively know about. And I think that's the true James Cameron genius is he totally could have made a movie about the sinking of Titanic. Mm -hmm. But to add this love story, like because there's a million stories that took place on the Titanic just from the people who were on it. But, you know, we don't know we don't know them because many of them died, obviously. But to have this story of these two people who found this incredible love. I mean, it's genius. It it truly is genius. You would think like, yeah, that's exactly the story you should tell. But like, I guarantee you, I don't know the I would love a, a documentary on how Titanic was made, the movie. Um but I, I guarantee you he he fought with a lot of people over telling this story as it was told. Cause you know, you would think the idea of, of the Titanic sinking is far more grand uh-huh. than than this love story, but no, it's so, this love story. Something that I enjoy more is like it's not it's not just James Cameron telling us a story just cut and dry. They give us that like the first half hour to 40 minutes of getting Rose on the ship, and we hear the entire story from her perspective. Yeah, which I which is which is great because it's not just like oh yeah here's a little documentary of the Titanic here's just a random couple. Yeah, like and that's too like wasn't just a random couple because we could have did we could have did any random couples, uh you know what I'm saying throughout uh the story but I think you know Jack and Rose 
these are two people who obviously they, they might have existed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like they totally might have existed. But the I think the idea of having this story about these two people and and you know what their journey was on this unsinkable ship, which uh-huh. I say unsinkable in quotations. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm I find myself so invested in in what their journey is that by the time we get to the iceberg it's like oh yeah yeah that that also happened (laughs) like yeah so yeah that that also happened but i love that once the ship hits the iceberg we still stay with these characters and their story in in this unforeseen once in a billion tragedy right and I just think, like, imagine, like, the reason why I love this movie so much and why I think it's held up for centuries is, like, imagine finding love, right? Mm-hmm. Real, real love on a day where the most unexpected, inconceivable, outrageous, outlandish tragedy could occur. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's where the movie resonates with with so many people and why it's lasted 25 years <laughs> yeah it's it's honestly it's honestly shocking to me just how well this film holds up 25 years later and it's just like maybe it's the 4k release the 4k <laughs> re-release i mean but like sitting down and watching this like you you could have been like oh this may have this could have come out today today yeah <laughs> it's it's just crazy to think just how, how like I just said like um, 30 seconds ago how just how well it holds up um I really like I really liked the writing between uh Jack and Rose's love story honestly yeah um yeah Cal was just Cal was Cal that guy <laughs> that guy was an ass oh man actually you know what it's it's funny that you bring up like how well it holds up because I was like that was the thing going into it that I was really worried about was I was like you know this movie's twenty five years old uh you know uh, it came out in the mid nineties a lot of things have changed since the mid nineties acting styles have changed like surely I'm gonna be like I'm gonna see some stuff and go oh that didn't that didn't land <laughs> as well as I thought it would. But I'm like, no, it's perfect. And yeah. Billy Billy Zane as the sort of uh, default antagonist here is perfect. Like he's absolutely perfect. He embodies that uh, 1912 aesthetic of a man, you know, with an idea of what his life should be, right? And and I I mean, oh man, I love it. And he plays it so well. His villainy is pitch perfect <laughs> like, like pitch perfect he's he's the he's he's a he's not even like angry he's scorned you know what i'm saying he's jilted because he's lost not only not only has he lost his wife but he's lost this idea of what his life should be like and and who he's supposed to be he's lost all of that and like through the course of the movie he continues to lose more and more of that. And 
Um, that was another reason why I wanted to watch it. Because in my mind, for whatever reason, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe there's an alternate version. But I don't know why I thought in my mind when um, when Rose is uh, on the ship, the, you know, she's rescued. In my mind, I thought she found Billy Zane and they reconnected and they actually did get married. I, and, I honestly and thought that. so too, but um, yeah. like, I feel like I remember that scene, but no, no, they don't reconnect yeah, that's, at all. That, right. I was like, I don't know if I just imagined that scene, but I was like, I thought there was a moment where like they reconnected, they married, even though, you know, she obviously didn't love him anymore and, and all of that. Maybe they just, you know, the tragedy of it brought them back together. The fact that they both survived. I don't know. But like, you know, for whatever reason, I had that in my mind. And then I saw the movie and it was like, oh, no, she hid from him. He never saw her. Uh -huh. You know, he remarried to somebody else. So I was like, oh, OK. I was like, I don't know why I had that story in my head. But yeah, so it was great to see this, to see like, oh, no, that thought that been percolating for nearly 25 years wasn't actually in the movie <laughs> mm -hmm. i um i watched the alternate ending last night and i feel like what we got there was a lot better yeah that that's just for me um have you ever seen the alternate ending maybe what what, what where happens? i mean it's the same thing as rose throwing the necklace over the boat but um, her granddaughter and the uh, the guy who was searching for the necklace the whole time stop her because it looked like she was about to jump off the boat. And then she pulls the, the necklace out of her pocket. And he's like, you had it this whole time? Mm. And she, she's like, you know, she's like, you know, you know what? And he's like, that's a priceless item. She was like, you know, the only thing that's priceless is life. And he's like, okay. And he's like, can I hold it in my hands one time? And he got to hold it. He got to hold it in his hands for like 20 seconds. And then she straight up yeeted that thing into the ocean. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of would have liked to have seen that. Because, I mean, yeah, it started with, with him. And that was the kind of thing that he was uh he was aiming for. So I get it. That was another thing I was uh confused about, too. I thought, like... um. I thought when she was telling the story, she revealed the Hope Diamond. That's mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm saying. I thought like you know, once she was like, he was like, so what what you know whatever happened to the diamond? They put it in your coat. Did you, you know, did you lose it or or something like that? And she would just be like, no, bow and like unlock it and be like, it's right here. Be like, oh, like because that to me would have been like like the ultimate like rousing and <laughs> like like oh shit, she still got it. That's crazy. Oh my, like, but um, yeah. To you know, obviously I knew like yeah, she throws it, she throws it back into the ocean. It's sad because the only reason that I remember that is from the Britney Spears video. Uh, <laughs> oops, I did it again. Cause, uh, <laughs> cause the guy goes into the ocean to get it for her. She's like, I thought the old lady threw it in the ocean at the end. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. You know, a thing for me is like, um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but yeah, listen, we both are. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Jack could have fit on that on that closet door. <laughs> she could have fit. There's. But, there's a a whole school of thought 
<laughs> Listen, I know James Cameron said no, but the Mythbusters confirmed it. I I think I'd trust the Mythbusters on this one. <laughs> oh, there there's a whole school of thought around that entire scene <laughs> of you know how Jack could have survived and and all of that. But I think at the end of the day, it it adds to the tragedy, right? That that at the end she she loses Jack. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would have been better if the, if he had lived, just because of how much they fought to to be together. I think it would have been. I think it would have been stronger if he had lived. But or maybe not. Maybe you know, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, yeah, had he lived, I don't think this would have been as good. I agree. Right. Yeah, you know what's crazy as well is like, um, what was I saying? You know, kind of think of it is like if you have someone who, who apparently didn't exist in the in the records, right? How would that work if, like, she took his last name? So did she just get, did she just not have her last name ever again? Her original? I would, I would assume not. Um, because, like, I think record keeping back then was a little different than how it is now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, and this was the age of uh, rank stupidity. So if she just walked around saying Rose Dawson, my name is Rose Dawson. No one's questioning it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I would have stuck. Yeah, so that that's all. You know, she could have said, "I got married on the Titanic," and everybody would have been like, "Oh, oh, so sorry." <laughs> why? Mm-hmm. Why? Here's your new ID, and you know all of that jazz. <laughs> uh, so by the way, Zach, welcome. How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Sorry, I'm uh, running a little late this morning. I missed my alarm. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, uh, based on what you guys were saying, that there was definitely room for Jack. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that for me was probably the dumbest part of the entire movie. <laughs> well, Jack, well, come back! I'll never let go. And then literally lets him go like she, twenty she seconds ta- later. She wasn't talking about letting go of him. She was talking about letting go of that. The yeah, uh-huh, that he uh-huh, okay. yeah. But she uh, just says it right as she's about to let to let go. Yeah, <laughs> the bad look. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wait, yeah. Zach. So, have you seen Titanic before? Or was this your first time? Uh this was my first time. Oh wow! Okay. So what did you think? <laughs> it was a great movie. I always enjoyed Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, like I think he was great even in this. Like I I love seeing his range. Um, I could see why so many people talk about him in this movie, but um I wouldn't say it's necessarily a perfect movie. Um, it is a great movie, but uh I don't think it's a perfect movie, and I think I don't know. It was a little sappy for my usual taste, but it was all right. I mean, I I knew the ending before I put it on, right? So, like, the boat's going to sink. Like, right. And everyone by now has seen it five million times before me. So, I like, I I knew Jack wasn't going to make it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's a 25 year old movie. So, like, 
Yeah, there's a uh, the spoiler alerts are a little, little. No one really gives you those before they talk about it. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny though. I'm I don't know if it's a a key to or a feature for James Bond, uh, James Gunn, uh, James Cameron movies, but like he he tends to make these you know long, uh, really incredible films, but like almost immediately after they they're praised. People go like, you know what? That movie kind of sucked. You know, they're like almost instantly. It's like with this one with Avatar. It's like, it's like, yeah, it was great, but wasn't it? Like, was it though? Like, I feel like he's the 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 inventor of that phrase, just because like all of his movies get treated like that. I, I specifically remember uh, Steve Harvey. He's talking about Titanic, and he was like. He's like, did y'all see that long, dry ass movie? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like three hours long. All I was thinking was, bring on the water, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> bring on the water. It's just like you know, it's like we know how this ends, so go ahead. Like, why are we spending time with these guys? Drown them. Like that was what? his whole point. But Plot yeah. Twist. The people from Titanic become the people in Avatar. Ah, <laughs> they become the Navi. To be fair, to be fair, they technically do because a lot of them are returning cast for Avatar. <laughs> Kate Winslet is in uh, Way of right. Water. She's part of the Met Gaina. <laughs> that's that's a solid theory. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so speaking of Kate Winslet, I was actually watching this documentary um, about how like. In order to break the ice, Leonardo DiCaprio's and Kate Winslet's first time meeting, she walked in naked to kind of break the ice to where the scene isn't awkward of when like he sees her naked. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, let's just do it one more time for good measure. Wow. <laughs> I so, gotta say, man, that scene was way wow. Like wow. <laughs> like in terms of like how you can be uh subtly erotic that that's top tier right there like like top tier right there that like i mean obviously you know it's all implied and it's all sort of a uh, tongue-in-cheek because I, I believe this movie is pg-13 correct uh is it really let me look I don't believe it's rated R, or it might be. Actually. Are they able to show that in a PG thirteen movie? Probably not. Yeah, I think if you do any nudity, it's probably gonna get an R rating. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was PG thirteen. Shut up. <laughs> that might have been before. Uh, maybe yeah. there were some more guidelines. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> no. Um, Temple. I of don't Doom, think. Huh. Temple of Doom came out, and that was in the eighties, and that's what kind of pushed along the need for rated R films because that was rated I think Temple of Doom I think that's what, that's what pushed rated like things for PG-13 because Temple of Doom was rated PG mm. and you had people like reaching into their chest taking their hearts out <laughs> in that movie yeah I think there was a yeah I know PG-13 is relatively new like I think it's one of the newer ratings because, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably like only like 20 or 30 years old at this point because there was the we had PG and then we had R or we had X, you know, what I'm saying like you didn't have anything in between. So a lot of movies that probably, you know, you could definitely tell is a difference between PG, but it's not quite R 
Mm-hmm. So they needed something. They needed something for that, and that's where they created PG thirteen. Uh, like I said, I think this falls kind of in line with PG thirteen, but like that scene, like I said, is very subtle erotica, right? Like even when we like we see Kate Winslet naked when he's drawing the the, the picture, but when they're done having you know making love, she's covered. I'm like, that's interesting. Like there, there's a interesting choice there but uh yeah so it's it's funny to me like like another movie that we discussed talking about this week was infinity pool a recent release and that movie is like rank nudity like right rank nudity some like overt sexual commentary actually imagery and i'm just like you know there's a way to do this that mm-hmm. is not this bracing. That is not this like graphic and intense, and 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 shows a little bit of taste in class. And I feel like like that movie just doesn't do it like that. And and this one shows a very different style of, of doing nudity, of doing sexuality. And again, like it was the '90s, and it's a PG-13 movie. So like those are those are the key differences. But like I don't know. I just feel like it's a very uh, tasteful way of doing yeah i feel like maybe there's a lot of discussion for this movie being pg-13 they're like can a nipple be in a pg-13 movie let's give it a try (laughs) i mean they made it happen but i don't know if i've seen another pg-13 movie with any nudity like that that's yeah that's that's true like i i don't know maybe maybe they did and then they were like yeah, this isn't a great look when the parents take their 13-year-olds to the theaters, you know. Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, at 13, that you know, you should be you shouldn't be able to know like I mean, yes, but like but and... like but you know, <laughs> they're bringing parents in with their kid. Like, you know what I mean? Well, that that's the perfect time for the parents to, you know, throw throw their hands up, lock your eyes, you know, saying I'm sure there was a lot of that. <laughs> I remember having to deal with that when when that scene came up it was like, "Oh, you can't see this." young man (laughs) like so there's there's some truth there i just did a google search and um it brought me to a reddit feed reddit page of the complete list of g pg and pg-13 rated films with female nudity there there are a good amount um really in g g pg oh there's one in g that's gonna there's about 20 to 25 pg and then there's about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. There's 18 in PG-13. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Shout out James Cameron, man. What a, what a great way to uh, to to sneak that in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know what's, um, you know what's funny is, like, I got to ask Phoenix, because I know I don't think Zach saw it in theaters did your did your crowd did you have a crowd no it was me and an older couple (laughs) so um my my showing was pretty packed and every time that one of the memes were said like it's been 84 years or draw me like one of your french girls people just laughed i'm so happy about that because it's funny how just like because this film came out technically 26 years ago Mm -hmm. and it's 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 funny to me 25 26 it came out in 97 well almost 26 i guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it's technically 26. I don't know why they're saying 25 now. Yeah, you did. Um, But um, it's funny to think just how well meme culture holds up from films that came out so long ago. (laughs) Because people still use those memes as like... Yeah, it's so funny too. Even like the I'm the king of the world. Yeah. I'm like, when when she said it's been 84 years, I kind of subtly busted out laughing. Because I was just like, I was like, oh my god, like how did this like yeah like of course this movie trope but like that that meme i think has lasted and endured almost as much as the movie <laughs> like what is it's hilarious that yeah mm-hmm. um so i love how this story comes together right so we meet these divers who are you know searching the titanic they believe like as they should like this is a ship that went down in 1912 it had a lot of rich people on it surely they didn't get their uh you know money off in time right right like you know there's got to be some gold some jewelry something the freaking cars man right like there's got to be something of value uh on this ship and so they go searching deep diving they find this this case and there's no money in it, but they they find this drawing of a woman wearing the diamond that they're looking for. And they're like, yo, we got to find this woman if she's still alive, if anybody has any information. Of course, Rose sees it on the news. She's like, yo, did you find it? And they're like, like, no. And she's like, oh, that woman is me. <laughs> like, And it's just like, it is so great to... Uh, to get this this story, uh, obviously, the woman who played older roles, that's uh, uh just had her name. <laughs> Gloria Stewart, uh, older actress, obviously, I think before this, like she did she did all the like the classic uh, horror movies and stuff from like the 1930s. You know, she did a lot of Lloyd Bacon's films, um, John Stahl's films. And uh, yeah, and this, I think, was her last performance was in uh, Titanic. So he got her for that. You know, what's crazy is like she kind of looks like a young Kate Winslet in her young age. She does. Yeah. So like it's it's really perfect casting. Yeah. Man, um, could you imagine if de-aging technology existed back then? Oh no. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> you know, so Zach, I was talking to Phoenix about this before you came in. Um did you know there was an alternate ending? What? Yeah, there's an <laughs> alternate ending to this. Where Does Jack uh, live? Yeah, Jack lives, man. No. <laughs> no, um it's at the end. You remember when she just drops the necklace in the ocean? Yeah, it's more of a drawn out scene where like it looks like she's about to jump off the boat. So her granddaughter and the guy who's been searching for the necklace the whole time, they they rush over there. And then she's like, haha, bitches, I got the necklace. <laughs> um, she, doesn't, she doesn't actually say haha, bitches, but yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's basically drawn out that way. And she just gives like the lesson of like, oh, yeah, the only thing that's priceless in this world is life. And then. She lets him hold the necklace for like 20 seconds and then she just straight up yeets that thing in the ocean. So either way, either way, the the 
it winds up back in the ocean. Um, yeah, I like I said, and uh, then he dives in after it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I love about this movie, and I think it's interesting that it's being re released now. Uh, we are obviously in the month of February. So uh, happy Valentine's Day to, to everyone who's got a Valentine, you lucky bastards. Uh, <laughs> but don't leave your loved one stranded. Don't leave the blank for yourself. Right. Like, this if is the you, perfect if you, movie to go see on Valentine's Day. Oh, perfect, perfect movie to go see on Valentine's Day. And how the discussion will be like, look, I would have I would have switched places with you on, on the door. I would have you know moved over and let I'd've you moved on. Over. We'd have figured out something like, you know, say we'd have took turns, maybe like like something. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think like it's funny because if if anybody talks about this movie, they bring up that moment as like the, the film's crucial flaw. Uh, but it isn't really because like the whole the story is a tragedy, right? The whole story is a tragedy, but it's not just the tragedy of the ship going down. It's the tragedy of this love that was, you know, that had happened yeah. that couldn't last. And yeah. I feel like that to me, that to me is the, the 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 beautiful part of this movie. It's the sticking part of this movie. It's the most painful part of this movie. <laughs> uh, but I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, uh, you want to talk about uh, perfect chemistry and and how they were able to embody Jack and Rose uh I absolutely uh, absolutely can't say enough about their performances I think they uh, they killed it in in more ways than one um Billy Zane obviously I talked about Billy Zane who was exceptional <laughs> as as the antagonist in this movie um yeah I love I really enjoy everything about this movie uh yeah the performances you know to me are the standout though. You know what's crazy to me is like it's it's sad to know like all these people died without truly knowing what happened. A lot of people didn't know it hit the iceberg. They just felt a little turbulence in a way and then just <laughs> two I hours also, later they were in an ocean. I also love how James Cameron shows the um the uh I guess you would say the lack not that lackadaisical uh the carefree nature of rich people <laughs> like in this movie like he shows the differences in class mm -hmm. where you know you got people at the bottom who are yelling at the gates you know saying like let us out man we're drowning here you're gonna kill us and then you got rich people going like uh take a brandy to my room i'll we'll be fine turn the you heat know? on <laughs> right turn the heat on this is this is nothing, you know, and they're very, but then when it gets real and they realize, oh, like it's really, really going down, then they become like, hey, my man, you know, like, let, let me, me on a boat, boat. Yeah. right? Let me on a boat. I'm I'm of, of, of a certain class. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna let me die, are you? Like, <laughs> I, I love how Cal pays off the guy and the guy's like, you know what? This money is useless. I'm about to die anyways. Right. He doesn't let him on. Yeah. I mean, it's he's right. He's like, <laughs> he's like, look, you will get off of this thing before I get off. So what, what, what is your money gonna do for me? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's crazy. But I do, I really enjoy 
uh, his characterization. Yeah. Um, the performances were so good in this. Um, I like how the captain went down with his ship. He did. Yeah, he did. It was kind of his fault. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, see, what pissed, like, the, this could have been avoided because they, they ignored three or four different uh, iceberg warnings throughout the day and just kept on their the, the speed they were going just to flex a news article. And then, yeah. Yeah, if they just slowed down, they could have made the turn. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing, like, to me, that was another thing. I was like, they they stopped the engines to, uh, you know, so they, they wouldn't run headfirst into this this thing. But I was like, then they tried to go in reverse. I was like, why don't you just stop? <laughs> like, like, I would just stop, wait a second, you know what I'm saying? Then try to, you know, get your, get your gears to turn and sh- let's turn well before, you know, we even get there, you know, before we even have to move forward. That would have been my, that would have been my thought process. But again, yeah. You know, nineteen twelve peak stupidity. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's. I just I I love how well this film holds up. <laughs> and it's I crazy. To, huh? I was gonna say I didn't know that the Guggenheims were on that ship. Oh really? No. Well, not. I mean, like, not from. I mean. From history class, like I didn't remember, I didn't know that uh, they were on in the uh, on the ship. <laughs> Guggenheim is obviously a very famous name, so. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy is like, like I, I understand like this is um, that I mean these are fictional characters that are created, but in that world, the ones who lost the poker game to Jack, bet you they're happy. <laughs> They're like, holy shit, dude. We almost died. Like, we dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mean. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this movie was originally when it when it came to uh when it left theaters, it was released on VHS. And they had to put it on two t- two tapes because it was so long of a movie. Uh, so, like, I just think that's a hilarious uh, thing. And I'm like, I think about it now. I'm like, wow, two, like, this is like, it's a three hour and 24 minute movie, something like that. It's a long movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but it's crazy because when I was in the theater, I didn't feel it at all. Like, I did not feel the runtime at all. Uh, watching this i was just enthralled by the story i was enthralled by jack and um rose's relationship that's one other thing i gotta point out um i get it it's a long movie and and maybe uh put that time and effort into create crafting and creating a relationship that's believable is hard and not a lot of people want to do it but uh it made it made what eventually happens so impactful because it's like we've spent time with these characters we we know what they're after what they're what they're fighting for what they what they will lose 
you know what I'm saying, if they pursue their relationship, it's very Shakespearean in that in that way that we spend so much time with these guys that we're able to understand their love and 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 how their relationship develops. Mm-hmm. I I I I dug it. I dug it so so very much. <laughs> like so very much. Yeah. Um it was I I think the way they they shoot this film too is just it's I think it's scary just in mm-hmm. like how it's sinking man like you got like the the exhausts like the the funnels mm-hmm. falling and just hitting people. You got the the ship itself when it goes all the way up and it just slants down. Man, people. Oh, oh I distinctly God. remember that shot of the the ship tilting in mid air and then breaking off in the middle. I was like, I remember seeing that as a kid, going like, "Whoa!" Like that's got to be the coolest shot I've ever seen in cinema history. Like, like. Especially because, like I said in the beginning, like I still am blown away at how they were able to do this. Like visually, production-wise, it's unbelievable the recreation of the Titanic that they were able to create. And then you have shots like a guy jumping from the ship and then falling into the propeller and then spinning all the way down. <laughs> and then there's like an upside-down shot when they're like holding on to the top of the ship. And like you see people who can't hold on and they like fall into each other and stuff. It's just brutal shots, like really mm-hmm. brutal shots, but very vividly created. So fun fact, guys. So uh Brandon, uh the Guggenheim guy on there actually did die on Titanic. That's a real person who died wow. on that ship. Wow. Guggenheim is a famous museum, and that's actually named after his family name so like those two rich guys who are sitting there at the end that's like he was i don't know if he did that but he was actually (laughs) like he actually died on the titanic wow yeah so yeah that's one hell of a legacy for your your family name like wow well i (laughs) knew it was a i know it's a museum but i wasn't sure if it was tied i just looked it up and then yeah it's that's it's the same family that's that's awesome that's crazy (laughs) there is a um there's a there's a a person in this film that i I didn't expect to see but i was i was shocked at it the guy who in the lifeboat? He was the only boat to turn around and get people. Mm. You know who that was, right? No, who was it? I don't know his actor's name, but that was Reed Richards from the original Fantastic Four. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that was him. Um. <laughs> yeah, when she tells the story, like you know, twenty twenty boats were nearby, only one came back. 1500 people went in the water only six were saved i'm like that's that's incredible but i kind of understand like what the other why the other boats didn't come back like you got 1500 people in the water you guys are going to overwhelm us we we just don't have enough room mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like yeah like unfortunately yeah one boat came back it only was able to get six people but <laughs> like like there's no way you would have gotten 
all 1,500 of those people. Like, unfortunately, some of them would have died regardless just because they did not have enough lifeboats. Or and they, didn't, and they, they, they didn't even fill them to capacity. Yeah. They didn't fill a lot of them to capacity. It was, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> well, but also, from what it sounded like, they weren't well tested either. Yeah. Because they, they really believed in the ship that, like, it's not going to sink. So why do we need to... Uh-huh. You know, protect it. <laughs> it's just shocking to, it's just shocking to know that's how things went. It's just like people were so arrogant with like knowing, thinking that oh, this isn't gonna sink, that they literally chose design over what would actually work. Meaning, like they chose design to make it look nicer to not have as many lifeboats. Yeah. And like I get that, like that's a fictional line that they wrote for Cal. But his first line of the film when he gets out of the car, oh yes, I hear this is unsinkable. Mm-hmm. This dude, like, like <laughs> talk about like. Let me... I don't know. I don't know if like that was like just James Cameron's idea to be like, hey, I'm gonna write this stupid character in here, this stupid line in here, knowing <laughs> like what comes of it. But like, wow, you know. But I mean, like I said, 1912. Uh peak of of stupidity um like part of the reason that titanic is remembered in the annals of time is because it's it's a amalgamation of so many bad ideas like like so many bad ideas that happen so much arrogance so much like you know ridiculous uh hubris because you had so many people like at that point in time they thought we are the geniuses, right? We are, we are the creators. We are the masters of art, of technology, of skill, of craft. Uh, be knowing that, like you know, what I'm saying, believing that, you know, overlooking small details, it was a, a given, right? Mm-hmm. It was a given, and like to me, I like so much has been said and written and and documented over the years about how titanic sank it's just so interesting to me like at at the end of it uh what it comes down to is somebody forgot something (laughs) right Mm -hmm. somebody forgot something somebody just didn't do something it was like laziness it was arrogance and you have one of the greatest ships ever made ever crafted by man and it goes down in the most brutal and unexpected way um but it's a it's a life lesson for history because now you have ships that are built smarter they're built stronger so it's almost like if titanic didn't happen we wouldn't have had these lessons it would have been another ship you know Uh what i'm saying so it's it's a anchor point for history but what i love so much like i said about this film is that yes we know all that yes we're going to gather all of that from this movie but the main thing that we're getting is this love story between Jack and Rose because there's a million others like it on this ship, but we never hear their stories and we're probably never going to hear their stories because mm-hmm. so many of them are gone. Yeah, It's also crazy to think nowadays just like every single Titanic survivor is now dead. Yeah. Because there's, the Titanic sunk 111 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's crazy the fact like it's still is something that we know, you know. I mean it's in history books, of course, but like the fact it still feels like it's so fresh when you talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's truly one of the uh I wouldn't say highlights, but like it's definitely one of the um central moments of American history. Um, you know, I would say like, you know, even back then, like this was a 1912, like this was all throughout the papers, like every paper covered the sinking of the Titanic, right? Like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing like the Titanic sink like on on anything. So it's sort of like social media now, you know what I'm saying? If something happens uh today Oh, it would you be know, like it, everybody would be like uploading videos and like yeah, it would like, be oh everywhere within a matter of seconds. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just crazy to me. Like, like yeah, this is this is one of those significant moments in time. Uh, sort of like nine eleven, where it's like this is gonna this just doesn't just affect you know the country that it happened in. It affects the world, and. And it's world news, right? Like it's something that everybody needs to know, and mm-hmm. and it's a it's a tragedy at the same time. But I think it's such a significant uh, point in in our history. Did so, they ever know? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry, I was just gonna say. So, well, actually, I mean, it's kind of world history, right? Because it's a British yeah. ship. It was made in ireland and like anyone who's anyone from any country was on board that ship yeah so i mean yeah it's definitely like something very global and i just i didn't know this i just looked it up but um apparently jp morgan uh owned the line that owned the titanic Mm. which is Mm. i mean i didn't know that that's crazy so chase bank (laughs) Like the guy who founded it, like he also had like something to do with it. that's that's crazy. Yeah. Wow, to think about. Do we know if the dogs made it out alive? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> who, wait, who asked? Wait, are you asking, Brandon, or are you asking for someone else? I'm asking. Ooh. Because, like, yeah. you remember that they brought the dogs on the ship? Like, you saw them multiple times throughout the film? I mean, yeah, they definitely froze, but they're not going to put that on TV. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Screen. But they'll show a dead baby, though. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Uh, that was just sad, man. Yeah. But it's I mean, like, you saw the baby, like, a, like, he was frozen like this, trying to hold the baby up. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, Yeah. This yeah, and, and it's crazy too because it's like there's so much um tragedy. Like it, it's it's a really tragic story. And I just and I think because of how much tragedy there is surrounding not just the actual event of the Titanic, but like I think that's the reason why we get this love story, right? It's to is to be able to see like, no, there was there was only not only beauty on the Titanic, there was beauty in what happened and, and how it transformed certain people. And there was something amazing that occurred 
uh-huh. before this tragedy happened. And I and I think that's that's the awesome power of this movie. And and on top of that, man, we get like fantastic acting. There's some great action scenes. So yeah, like it's an all-around movie. Just you know what I'm saying, based on this on this uh incredible tragedy. But the it's a all-around encompassing movie. It's a love story, it's a part of an action film, it's a you know, an adventure story. So I dug it. And like I know like over the years, like people have like lambasted it for for being sort of sappy, but I'm like I'm like, is it really? Because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Like their relationship, the way that it blossoms and the way that it it happens, I I genuinely feel for it. It's not, it's not a um, it's it's not very saccharine. It, it's 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 a natural evolution of how two people could fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So um. You know how you guys are talking about how there's no survivors left? Well, yeah, you're right. But apparently the last one died in 2009 and 97. She was the youngest passenger at two months old. Oh, my God. Ah. Two months oh. old. Oh, that's awful. Could you imagine <laughs> that? Like growing up, like, you know, what happened to my, you know, I'm assuming the dad probably didn't make it based on what we saw. Right. Oh, the whole women's instructor thing it was a real thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah, like just be like, what happened to my dad? Oh, he died in like the most famous shipwreck (laughs) of all time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. I wonder what that was like, right? Going to the movies when this released. Yeah, because I'm like, and like being like, wow. Right. Like, I'm like, you were two months old when this tragedy happened. Yeah. Like, you know, you grew up hearing about it knowing that it's it has a a place in your family in particular then you know what 80 some odd years later you see a movie based on this tragedy that you endured and then you manage to live even more years after that like just how you've seen the world transform would be crazy enough but like yeah to 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 have lived that long she passed away in 2009 2009 wow that means you saw the election of the first black president that's insane like that's insane that also means she lived through multiple world wars right the depression right the depression depression. well yeah yeah (laughs) wow and she saw smartphones come to life what that's insane That's insane. Which also uh, means she was alive to watch Titanic. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like she's she could have seen Titanic in theaters on VHS, on DVD, on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, she probably had the whole collection. <laughs> right. Like that's insane. She probably what had time the did Avatar Avatar come out? 2009. Yeah. Uh, she probably oh probably God. didn't see that. She probably, she probably didn't, didn't see, see that. that. Like that's amazing. She probably saw the video games based on Titanic too. That's crazy. I mean, what a so life! So anytime she hears the music, it brings back flashbacks. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how would I feel about that. Like, I couldn't. I every time I heard that music, I started laughing. I couldn't help it because there's so many memes out about with like with that music in the background. I can't. Uh, yeah. I like. I was in the theater talking about some near. Ah, 
Wherever you are. I'm like, that's my, that's, that's the cut right there. That's one of the best Celine Dion songs. One of the best songs to a movie ever, like all time. Like, it's just incredible how, how well that song fits with, with the movie. And you hear it like throughout the movie, like you hear like the instrumental, uh, particularly like when he's showing her, when she's standing on the, um, on the bow of the ship and she's like i'm flying jack like yeah like dude it's, it's amazing the score is amazing is perfectly fits i i remember the one scene that um when i was younger when i saw this uh originally in 97 the scene that choked me up was the the band playing uh oh uh, yeah at like as the ship went down that was the scene that i was like oh man that's that's incredible because i'm like it, with as I was watching this movie, every fiber in my being was like, "Get off the ship!" Like, like whatever you have to do, get on a boat, get off the ship. It doesn't matter. Like, screw this. Like, and you see a bunch of people just like, "I'm going down with the ship." I'm like, these people are idiots. No, like, get off the ship. Oh, like, I had to push people for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, but when I saw the band, I would have like, knocked some ladies out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I saw the band playing with him, I was just like, oh man, that's that's beautiful and insane and tragic at the same time but you also have to think like at that point they probably knew it was over so like i'm like but yeah that was that was incredible and I, I think oh i loved uh one of my favorite parts of this movie was the scene where i think i don't remember who it was fabrizio or who it was mm-hmm. but they go they go over there and they go oh now you know we're in first class they're playing music with the same right. thing while we sing. While we sing. Yeah. <laughs> but like again, that, that counts to the hubris is like they, they wanted to reduce the panic. And so they was like, have the band play. But I'm like, at, after a certain point, you go, Yeah, it's panic. Like nothing they play is gonna calm anybody down. So like <laughs> they should have left like 10 minutes before that, but <laughs> whatever. You know what that reminds me of? Why him? The movie. Oh God! <laughs> where he's like, where he's like, I need jingle bells and step on it. That's what it reminds me of. That's awful. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> uh, uh, what a shame! <laughs> I don't oh care. I love that movie. It, it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh we i i i have to ask like you know i think we've all are seeing this with fresh eyes at least for the first time in 25 years uh brandon what is your overall impression and final rating for titanic um i think i would have to go with a solid four and a half mm-hmm. um i think that's good i think i, I think that's every single avatar film that not avatar james cameron film that i've seen so far is just four and a half um i think he's just a very solid director i think he deserves to have the top spots at the box office um he definitely deserves it he puts a lot of work and master class into his work so yeah all right zach where are you at uh i gave this four stars this is a great movie i i thought you know it's a classic um, not really my usual taste, but uh, yeah, it was good. All right, uh, I've spent 
probably more time with this film uh, than either of you guys. Uh, well, so, to be fair, you've been alive. Yeah, I've been alive a little longer than you guys. So, um, <laughs> it's 1912. Yeah, almost 1912. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, considering you won't tell us your age. Right. Um, <laughs> so, it, it has a bit of a nostalgia factor for me, but also, like, the fact that it holds up tremendously well, even now. Uh, I think Leo and Kate are insane. Um we we forgot to mention like I know we pointed out the score um but the costume design is also oh, yeah. like ridiculously insane that first shot of Kate Winslet in that hat I was like god hey like 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 so it was some great great stuff I think um technically wise there's so much detail in every in every aspect of this film from the sound design to the visual effects obviously to the costumes, to the acting. I just think it's all top-notch. So for me, this is a five-star movie. Uh, no question about it. Um, Titanic. I think the fact that it's it still holds up, and I know that's a funny phrase to say about an unsinkable ship, but <laughs> the fact that it still holds up, I think, is an amazing feat. And uh-huh. yeah, like I enjoy the Avatar movies, but I honestly hope Titanic makes more money so that it can stay above those because I think it's a better movie than both of them. Do you think but, in 100 years from now, this film will still hold up as well? Yeah. Because it's such a historical uh, yeah. point of reference. And I think, yeah. And again, like, I don't know what kind of movies they'll make in 100 years. They might make epics even grander than this. So maybe we'll look back at this and be like, be like man, this was so outdated. But I don't know. Unlike to me, this 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 holds up so incredibly well. I think it's fantastic. That's so crazy the thing too, right? Like imagine, like it's just like how they talked about in Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. How like these these actors are like immortalized on a screen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like there could be someone, you know, when Leo uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is long gone, like watching this movie because it's based on the historical event mm-hmm. like that to me is just insane like that's crazy you get to see leonardo DiCaprio on screen and he could be gone that's that's wild mm-hmm. yeah and you know you know what's funny is um i mean it's a parody but i saw this i saw the parody trailer of uh titanic 2 where they they find jack and they thaw him out yeah <laughs> It's it's that line from Austin Powers, like beginning liquid goo process, and they thaw him out. He's like, "Where am I?" That's awful. Although I do think you could make a pretty interesting, like super villain or super army monster villain. I don't know, a robot army out of the the dead of the Titanic. That would be an interesting. Uh, story just to start from that place and then see where you go but do we uh, know if they ever recovered the bodies that were that froze oh yeah. to death oh yeah i think i believe so i believe so i um, would i would certainly hope so yeah uh maybe not all of them because i think some of them are you know still in the ocean or you know have well, been entirely but yeah. like when you know like i'm sure there was an example like when Abrazio was hit by the um yeah what what you what do you call that 
one of the chimneys I guess. yeah that, yeah look, we're we're gonna call it that yeah <laughs> okay i have no idea yeah, they're called funnels, mechanics, funnels. so oh, yeah. i don't if you know it good for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but there's so many stories like that where i'm sure they were just smacked with the weight of a sh- this ship like this where, massive ship yeah it, there's no way they could have been recovered mm-hmm. yeah. you know which is unfortunate to right. say the least it's crazy to think like there are still people who didn't make it out of like the the exhaust or like the boiler rooms in time. Mm. They're still they're still down there. Their souls are still down there too. And it's, it's insane. A, it's a lot of like yeah, like like I said, when you really think about the immense tragedy of it all, like there's a lot of lot lot of lives lost uh, in there. And like I said, this part of the reason why I love this movie so much is that it gives you this you know beautiful love story but the tragedy is just as equally as you know devastating because when you really take into consideration the loss like it's it's immense it's it's massive so Mm -hmm. um yeah i love it but uh okay we're gonna move on now to what's good what's good what's good what's good have you seen what would you recommend zach kick us off so actually i haven't uh haven't really seen too much actually as of recently um i think actually since titanic the last thing i saw was knock at the cabin you know i did rewatch uh some of the best pick noms last night a couple of them i rewatched uh banshees and um what was the other one triangle of sadness um both great movies but i think for my recommendation uh i'm gonna go with a show actually because there's one i've been watching fairly consistently that's great and I, that's the last of us yes um, <laughs> i have really enjoyed it i'm not normally attracted to post-apocalyptic movies or shows i think they can be very cheesy um but this one I've really enjoyed, and I think it's really awesome. Did you watch so last night's episode? I I started it, but I was like, this was at like two thirty after I watched those movies, so um, uh-huh. yeah, so I fell asleep. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think that if you haven't checked out The Last of Us, it's definitely worth checking out. I right. could not agree more. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Um, so for me, I'm gonna have to go with a what's bad this week. Um, oh. <laughs> I watched you people. Oh, <laughs> um, a stacked, a stacked cast, man. It's absolutely stacked cast. Just did not deliver for me. Um, I think it was it was that typical movie of just like, oh hey, let's get married, and then someone's gonna pull us apart, and then at the end they end up anyway. They end up together anyways. And everything, everything's happy, Dory. I've actually heard good things about that movie, but I question the people saying it. So. <laughs> I've heard nothing but bad things about it. So like, someone said I, it was that's... hilarious. I was like, I'll who told you out. that? <laughs> uh, for me, what's good is I got. Uh, I've been trying to clear out my uh, 2022 watch list. 
a couple of films that I missed throughout the year to, you know, finish out what, you know, what I wanted to see, what I what I didn't get to. One of them was a documentary uh, called Is That Black Enough For You? It's on Netflix by uh, Elvis Mitchell. And it goes through the entire history of uh, uh, Black-led cinema. So a lot of uh, black exploitation films of the early 70s, some stuff from the 60s. Uh, classic, classic films, a couple of which I've known of but never saw, and a couple of other ones I never even heard of that I absolutely now want to watch. Um, so I think, you know, on, on on top of this being, you know, uh, Valentine's Day month is also Black History Month. So if you have a chance to, you know, you want to see some Black history in terms of films, uh, I highly recommend this one. It's 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 a roller coaster ride. It's it's two hours long, but it's a ton of like discussion on different films and and a lot of actors whom you may have heard of, some you may not have heard of. So yeah, if you're just looking for an education in film, uh, I highly recommend this movie. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of vital information in it, and it'll probably make you a film fan, at least, you know, early 60s, 70s film fan, so you can see the evolution of film as it's, as it's come along. So that's, uh, is it black enough for you? For me, um, Last of Us from Zach, and try to avoid you people if you can. <laughs> so... Uh, it is now that time. You are now film code. Start. It is time for film code. Zach, it was your code word this week. Remind us what your code word was and all of your clues, please. Yeah, absolutely. So my code word was missing. The movie is 1995 to 2000. The director for this movie is also the writer, and the director also did a sequel to an iconic film from the 80s. All right. Brandon, you are up. What is your guess for the code word? Okay, so I bounced around a lot. Um, I bounced around a lot. Um, I went from Robert Zemeckis to Steven Spielberg to <laughs> a lot of unknown uh, directors, man. But um, I think the years match up. Um, I think everything matches up here because Steven Spielberg has done a lot of sequels. And I know I'm wrong here, but I feel like I kind of got it. Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with that uh, because it's about uh, a missing brother and they have to go find him. And um, the year came out in 1998. Um, love that movie. And Steven Spielberg was one of the assistant writers on that film. I could be wrong. I'm I'm willing to bet I'm wrong, but that is my guess. All right. So I went with a slightly different movie. <laughs> uh, kind of a. I would argue a little known film uh, came out in 1995. Your right, your writers, your writers and directors are Jean-Pierre Junette and Mark Carroll. They directed this movie and they also wrote it and they also directed and wrote uh, Alien Resurrection, which is a, 
I think the third or fourth alien movie. Obviously, Alien, the first one dropped in 79. The, the sequel dropped, I think, in 86. So there's a classic 80s movie. Um, and the movie I found uh, going along with Missing is The City of Lost Children. Uh, so that's my guess for the code where The City of Lost Children, 1995, directed by Jean-Pierre Junette and Mark Cairo. Mark Caro. Well, at least one of you, no, both of you are wrong. Oh. <laughs> so the movie is actually called Breakdown. Mm. It's a movie that isn't as well known, but is as what seems to be a hidden gem based on some critics. It was uh, directed by Jonathan Mostow. Mm. He was the writer and director for this film. And he also made the sequel Terminator 3. Mm. So, uh, and this was made in 1997. Nice. Okay. Nice. A man searches for his missing wife after his car breaks down in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and his wife went missing. Ah. 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 Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah, I, I would have never found that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of the point. So. <laughs> so congratulations, Zach. Back on the board. He gets two points. Moving on up here. All right. Catching up to that uh, number one spot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. All right. <laughs> All right. Good, good guess. Yeah, I would have never, I would have never found that. Uh, I don't even see it even now as I'm searching for it. <laughs> like, uh, okie doke. Well, there you have it. Zach has uh finally gathered some points after a long hiatus. Uh, he's still got a long way to go to catch up to me. So does Brandon. Uh, <laughs> right behind uh, you. Right, right. Uh, we shall see in due time. All right. So we're gonna... <laughs> We're going to get up out of here, guys. Uh, Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Yeah, definitely. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C, ears over on Letterboxd. Go check out what I'm watching. And, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. And, Zach, where can everybody find you, sir? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zach Sneath. That is Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks. All right, and you guys can find me on Twitter at Reviews one that's the number one, and on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCopePod, and we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.